Welcome to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the Janet Jackson podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. We are excited today to talk with a very special guest, Barry Lather. Barry has created, directed, and coordinated the technical production of World Tours for, it seems, every major pop star, including Mariah, Usher, Rihanna, Miguel, Sierra, and the Pussycat Dolls. We've asked Barry here to talk about his era-defining work with Janet Jackson during the Control Era. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin. Cousin Cam. So, Barry, we are truly excited to talk to you today. Happy to be on. My cousin mentioned some of the artists that you've worked with as a choreographer. Mm -hmm. You also have an outstanding number of TV credits as a creative and technical director for the Grammys, American Music Awards, the VMAs, Billboard Awards, BET Awards, and the CMAs, among others. It really could take this whole entire show to go over your list of accomplishments. Would you tell us a little bit about your early years? Sure. I, uh, my mom was a dance teacher, so I grew up in a house with, with dance and music. It was, I was the youngest of five. I grew up in Atlanta, and that's all I really knew was dance and music and sports. So I, I knew at a young age I loved dance. I started at five and, you know, I was around a teenager starting to think about college or what do I want to do with my dance career? Do I want to go to New York and go on, you know, Broadway or theater? Do I want to go or do I want to go to L.A. for like TV, film and, you know, and videos were booming in the early 80s. So I chose L.A. and I also had a dance scholarship there at Joe Tremaine's Dance Studio. So it was the right choice for me. Um, and L.A. was the way I, where I went and it was 1984. I was straight out of high school. And got my first job after 11 months of being in L.A., working with Michael Jackson on the Captain EO 3D film that he shot for Disney, which is crazy. But that's my first job. <laughs> that is crazy. It's completely crazy. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, everybody adored Michael. And I mean, he was a global, global superstar. And it was his first big project after Thriller. Mm -hmm. and all the success of that. So this was like in 85, there was auditions and they hired 40 dancers, like 1500 people auditioned. Wow. Wow. They hired 40. And um, I remember me and this other girl, um, Marlene, dancer friend, we were the two young 18 year olds with all these, you know, older people and veterans and, you know, working dancers that, have, you know, a totally established and this was like our first job and I was like completely freaking out because, <laughs> you know, being from Atlanta and, and just finished my senior year in high school, like Thriller came out when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. I love, I love breakdancing and pop locking and all that stuff. And, you know, so I had an attraction to street dancing a lot, even though I did tap jazz and ballet growing up. I love, absolutely love street dancing, breakdancing, all that stuff. So that kind of was a part of me. Even like when I would teach my own jazz classes, it would be more street oriented. It was at the time we called it street jazz. Nobody, because it wasn't straight up hip hop and it wasn't break dancing, but it was like jazz mixed with street kind of together. Okay. And, okay. Um, and, and, and um, you know, I just started taking class, started going to auditions and then working with Michael um, on that big film was incredible. Um, just going to work every day at a, the big movie studios in Culver City in California and, you know, going in hair and makeup for two hours every day and um, just, you know, the whole rehearsal process. But then I just remember really the filming process mm -hmm. the most 
with all the cameras and the dancers and the costumes and the lights. And, you know, Francis Ford Coppola was directing. Michael was there in mm. person. He was all in his costume. was like, okay, this is really happening. Like, <laughs> it was a ball. I loved it. I mean, and that was my stepping stone. That was, you know, my biggest credit on my resume as a young dancer. And many other doors opened up for me after that. Man, it's hard to believe that, like, your first major gig was with Michael Jackson. I was beside myself. I mean, I just, you know, I, I knew it was special. I, I, I was kind of, like, in disbelief a little bit. Like, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm working as a dancer and I'm working with Michael and I'm getting paid. Like I was 18 years old hoping, you know, to make a living dancing and hopefully one day become a choreographer. And I'm like, this it's happening. Yeah. Working with Michael. Like it doesn't get any bigger than that. Right. There. <laughs> you literally started at the top of the mountain. Um, what was that phone call like home? Like when you got the gig and you called home to say, well, I auditioned and, and they, you know, they told us, you know, Hey, you know, we'll call you in the next couple of days. You'll hear from us and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I went back to, I flew back to Atlanta to visit my parents and, you know, I had my phone, big old phone machine with the, you know, cassette tapes in it that recorded <laughs> messages. <laughs> I remember I had somebody stay at my apartment in LA and I'm like, whatever you do, don't touch my phone machine. I'm waiting to hear on this job. Like, you know, I was just afraid something would screw up and, you know, somebody pushed the wrong button. And it's like, just don't touch my phone machine because I'm waiting to hear. And I, I remember I got a phone message and I was like, oh my God, I got it, you know? And it was kind of cool because I was with my parents and just to give them that news and like I got the job was was pretty thrilling. Yeah, I'll bet. Now, you mentioned tap and jazz and even street dancing. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us who were some of your influences towards, you know, with your dancing style? Um, I mean, growing up, I was a 70s kid growing up, you know, in, in Atlanta. But, um, you know, I took from a lot of like pretty well-established jazz teachers in that world. Uh, my mom taught at dance conventions, so like seminars and workshops. So my mom was like on faculty and I was like, you know, oh, that's the faculty teacher's son. You know, that's the <laughs> guy that dances, you know, the little, the little brat running around. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I, I took some of the technique that my mom trained from Luigi um, there was a jazz teacher from New York who was big guy, uh, Frank Hatchett. Um, and then obviously Joe Tremaine was a big one too. And then growing up as a, as a young kid, you know, I watched Soul Train and American Bandstand mm-hmm. every single weekend, seeing the lockers, you know, like Tony Basil in, in, in the lockers on, on Soul Train. Like that was just something different. I was like, I don't know what they're doing, but I like it, you know? So when breakdancing started becoming popular in the early 80s it just had an impact on me and then, you know you start seeing in the music videos too yeah mm-hmm. i'm curious where about in atlanta like where would you go to see breakdancers in the early 80s like 82 83 i went to buckhead beach which was like a teen club if somebody started dancing and a little circle was happening i'd be right up there on the edge like okay well, i'm i'm <laughs> I'm ready to jump in too when, when it's my turn, like, but I'm going to watch, but you always got to watch. You got to watch to make sure you're like, Ooh, who am I following or who am I stepping up against? Or, you know, but it was always, it was always good fun. You know, it wasn't like I'm here to battle you or beat you. I was always just like, Oh, there's somebody who can improv in freestyle. That's what I like to do. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the way to be free. Like when you're in a circle, that's total freedom. It's like, you're feeling the music and you're dancing, you're going off. You're just being yourself. And there's no rules. There's no limitations. And the freedom of that is what is so appealing, especially if you love the song. 
you know, I always love freestyling. Somebody put me on the spot. I'm like, sure, here we go. You want me to dance a little bit? Okay, I can, I can do that. <laughs> and I loved it. You're not even going to fake it. You're like, put me in. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. I love that. Hey, so I want to get to Janet, but you opened the door for Michael. So we have to ask because we got some Michael Jackson listeners. Mm-hmm. Remember about Captain EO, like how long did you rehearse before filming? How long did you film? Anything like that? Yeah, I we rehearsed. Um, there was like a, a skeleton, they call it a skeleton crew, which, you know, I was lear- a young dancer learning the verbiage and the, and I'm like, what's a skeleton crew? What does that mean? And, you know, it was like a, just a, a core group of like 10 that was work with the choreographer and, and Michael and, and they would kind of test out and experiment with movement and everything. And then once that was all settled, then they brought in all the rest of the dancers and taught us everything. So when we came in, we weren't experimenting. It was like, this is what it is. Learn it. Got it. Um, so that was like three weeks of that. And then I, I, we filmed for almost about three, three weeks as well. So it was like a six-week project. And I just remember how special it felt like on filming days. Like, I remember the rehearsals, but, you know, you're in dance clothes, sweatpants, tennis shoes. I remember being on set the set was amazing you know it was all sci-fi and and it felt like it was like a movie you know and it was 3d and mm-hmm. i just remember just every day being in awe that working on it working with these professional dancers in la and obviously working with michael you know it was the biggest thing i remember from that is how he could turn the button he was very shy and kind of mellow you know and, mm-hmm. and kind um how he could just literally just turn the button on and go like full tilt, you know, 120%. And then when the take was over and like, and, you know, and cut and, and just boom, just back to relax, even posture and, and mood. It's like controlled, conserved energy. And when it was time to explode, he would explode in front of camera. And when it was time to like turn it off, he would turn it off, like on and off, on and off. And I, I'd never been around anybody like that. So I was like, I was amazed at the intensity and the passion that poured out of him when we're filming it, you know, like, here we go, take number two. And it was like, boom, go. It was just like, he like exploded. Mm. So that was pretty special, obviously. Dancing with Michael Jackson. It was like, come on, this this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God it was happening. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. It is. So let's shift to the real reason we asked you here today. Yeah. Mary, I've said on this podcast before that you are responsible for all of my most favorite Control Era Janet Jackson moments. Now, I go hard for Paula. Paula Abdul is my girl. I love mm-hmm. everything she created with Janet. Absolutely. Rush Rush is still my guilty pleasure <laughs> pop ballad. <laughs> <laughs> but my absolute favorite moments from the Control Era are, of course, the Pleasure Principle video. Uh, the 1987 Grammy and American Music Award performances. So right off. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That was, <laughs> that was Jana, I think, and Jana for that because she gave me the opportunity and, 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 you know, believed in me enough to give me a shot, you know, to ask me to choreograph for after Paula. That was crazy. I was like, I, I mean, I always moved to LA knowing, you know, I'm 18 years old. I'm probably going to have to work as a dancer for like 10 years before I can become a choreographer, you know, Mm -hmm. and get the experience under my belt. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it was happening, I was 20 years old and she asked me to choreograph for her. And I was, you know, I was thankful and lucky and blessed that I was able to be in two of her music videos. And that's how I met her. 
you know, auditioning for Paula for Nasty Boys. Paula hired me. I was in Janet's video of Nasty Boys and then When I Think of You. So that's how I met Janet and, and rehearsed, you know, did music videos. And then after that, she asked if I'd be interested in choreographing for her. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, that's what I want to do. So how did that happen, though? Because like you just said, like you're on set, there's tons of dancers on set. So what was it that, how did she know you wanted to be a choreographer? And what was it that kind of led her to ask you that? Well, you know, at rehearsal, sometimes, you know, dancers have fun, lunch break, freestyle. When I was rehearsing for one of her music videos at lunch, I was making up a combination because I was teaching jazz class that night. I remember I was making up um, um, some choreography and she noticed it. Uh, I was off to the side very much to myself. And uh, I was just like, I'm making up a combination for class. She, I guess she saw something that I did and was like, asked, and it was, it was kind of weird. I remember asking Paula, like, Barry's doing his thing. I would like to try to incorporate it into the music video. And I was like, whoa, you know, this felt kind of uncomfortable a little bit. Like, cause Paula's a choreographer and I have mad respect for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but Janet saw me do something and was like asking, like almost incorporate it in with Paula's choreography. And I was like, that was not the goal or whatever. But, you know, they asked, I'm like, yeah, it was only literally, it was like two counts of eight. It's like four bars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't care if you want to do that. Sure. I mean, it's an honor, you know, you want to use those steps. I don't care. But mm-hmm. through being with Janet and, and a couple of her music videos and, and uh, hanging out with some of her friends, because she had her, her boyfriend um, at the time um, was a street dancer, Renee Alizondo. And, you know, Renee had a bunch of friends and he was in a crew. And, and they were all street dancers from the Valley and whatnot. So I remember just getting along with them well. And, you know, I remember being invited to a club years ago. It was Janet and Renee and, and their friends, mm-hmm. and, you know, and again, you know, like going to a club is like, oh, sure, I'll go. You know, well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just remember freestyling and dancing and just having fun. So, I mean, obviously she saw something in me. And, and um, I do remember um, Renee saying, um, He's like, dude, you, you like stick the choreography. I'm like, what? I didn't know what it meant. Uh-huh. Like, Man, you just stick those lines. I'm like, stick, is that good or bad? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, no, man, you hit those lines hard. Like you just like attack. And, you know, they, Janet knew that and saw that in me. And um, so when she gave me the call to choreograph for her, I was like, I couldn't, I was, my heart was racing and I was you know, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. You know, like, like I'd love to work with you. And what is crazy, I was working on a television show at the time and I was a dancer and I was contracted and it was called Dancing to the Hits. It was 1986. We were the show. It was like a solid gold kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three guys, five girls. We were the cast. We danced for the whole show. Mm-hmm. And we, we had different choreographers. And I remember when I did the American Music Award performance, let me backtrack a second. So I did the control performance with just her and two guys. Mm-hmm. And it was live via satellite to Japan. Um, it was late December of 86. And that was the first thing I choreographed for her. And I was like, wow, it's kind of weird because we don't get to see it. it was, we broadcast it live via satellite to Japan. And so they aired it over there. Then the very next month was the American Music Awards, which was January of 87. And we just use a lot of that choreography, but we added two guys. So it was Janet with four guys. Mm-hmm. And that's how that came about. And that whole control performance 
was the first time really in the, in the United States that my choreography was ever seen. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and what's crazy about that is that I had to, and this is terrible, I had to fire one of the dancers. So I'm a young choreographer hiring people my age or older that I look up to. And I'm, you know, I hired dancers. I'm a young choreographer and I'm like, okay, this now the responsibility is on me. And I remember one of the dancers just wasn't working out. He wasn't funky enough. He didn't just, he wasn't accomplishing the style well enough. And they, Janet and Renee, I remember asked me like, we're just wondering if you could maybe take a spot. I was like, what? <laughs> like, ah, so you weren't supposed to dance? They're like, well, you know everything. Yeah. I mean, ah. so they're like, you choreograph everything. You, it's kind of late in the game. You know all the choreography. And we're just thinking maybe you could just. So I was like, well, yeah. So I did. But the problem was I was working on that television show, and I had to honor that. So I, what's crazy about the American Music Award performance is I'm right off her left shoulder. I'm right behind her. Mm -hmm. I have the big 80s mullet hair. You know, obviously I was busting at the seams and so excited because I choreographed it and dancing in it. I'm with Janet on American Music Awards. And this is my first time on the American Music Awards. And I had a rush to get to the theater that day because I rehearsed during the day on the television show, then rushed to the theater. I missed camera blocking, so I didn't know what it looked like or how they shot the choreography. And I literally stepped on stage that night and danced in the number for the first time. I never wow. stepped foot on live television, never stepped foot on the stage until that night. And it was live. Wow. And what was crazy was I was working with Michael Peters, the choreographer of Thriller and Beat It, on that television show. And I had to ask him, he was choreographing and I was a dancer on the show. Can I please leave rehearsal early? because I have a, a, a thing to do. And he goes, what is it? And I said, well, it's American Music Awards with Janet Jackson. He goes, talk, this was the day before. He goes, talk to me tomorrow and we'll see. So he made me sweat. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he was incredible. He was one of my favorite choreographers of all time. So that was pretty crazy that night, but it was a lot of fun because she crushed it. We had a great performance, her and the four guys. We did control. Um, I remember after it, um, her manager at the time, John McClain said, look, you did this tonight. He goes, she's going on the Grammy Awards next, next month. You're doing that. And her next video, you're doing that. I was like, Oh my God. Are <laughs> yeah. you like, that's how it happened because of the success of the control. And she was on top of the world. Like, come on. That was like, what her fifth, fourth sing off the album. But here's the thing. She was on top of the world that night. Like you put her at the pinnacle, like, yes. because no one had seen her on television. Mm -hmm. And, and well, I don't that's know if that's true. true. Well, I mean, she did all the videos. She had done and, the American and, bandstand, I think before this, but this yeah. was her first like prime. This was her prime time debut. Yeah. And, and we, we smashed it. <laughs> you smashed it. Like we, <laughs> First of all, I'm still reeling. Like, I'm going to have to do some detective work because you just mentioned a performance I didn't even know existed, like this thing that was telecast to Japan. Um, yeah. So now I have to go down a rabbit hole to find that. But <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, um, we had a question for you in this and like you answered so much, but. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just sharing all the info with you. No, this is great. Like, never stop. Um but yeah, so like <laughs> when you're talking about like how one thing led to another, it had to because you were it, so good. Like we, 
what like uh, one of our questions was like was the phone ringing off the hook like when you stepped off that stage i feel like everybody was trying to figure out like who did that yeah and you know and i was thinking too and, and nothing i mean i absolutely love paula and i work with paula a lot but i you know in my little brain i was thinking i wonder if people think paula did that and i, I people did think that because i am yeah. people until like <laughs> somebody, somebody new work with her which is fine and and i i adore and, and respect paula so much and 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 also give her much gratitude for hire me for nasty boys and and to be in two of janet's videos and and introduce me to her you know so um and, and I went on to choreograph for Paula years later, which was so cool. It was like full circles. Like you hired me as a dancer. Now you're an artist and now I'm choreographing for you, which was so cool. Mm. Um, I just did two tours with Paula in the last four years. And then I did stuff with her in the early nineties on her, I think her second or third album. I can't remember. But are you, mm. are you doing these latest Paula Abdul shows? Not the very, very latest ones, but I did her last two tours. Oh, I, did, okay. I, didn't, I didn't do her one on the Billboard Awards last year, which was great. Which was amazing. She, mm-hmm. crushed, she crushed it. She did so good. Absolutely, absolutely. So, well, well I, so basically, by doing the American Music Awards, opened the door for me to do the Grammys the following month. And after the Grammys, mm-hmm. I was do, it was just like, you're doing her next video, and it was the pleasure principle. And that, I mean, to be quite honest, that video really, really opened the door for me. Let's talk more about the Grammys, because I feel like you gave us, I mean, the American Music Awards was so good. It still makes me laugh. I laugh and joy, I laugh and, and like joy <laughs> when I see it, because we're just all working so hard and we're so serious. We're all a bunch of like 20 year olds. We're like, yeah, you know, and and Janet was so focused and all of us, we're, we're just going off. Listen. Everybody in the video, like if you look at that video now, like all of you were so serious. I thought Janet was going to crack her neck (laughs) so hard. I know. All of you were so good, so focused, so precise. And if you go on YouTube right now, you can look at the comments right now from this video from 1987, where people are still declaring it their favorite Janet Jackson performance. That's crazy. Just mm. time after time, people are remarking on it. And it's not like these are comments from like 15 years ago. Like people are still finding this yeah. video for the very first time. Which is so cool. Now, Barry, I have a question for you. Be- mm-hmm. How do you bring that type of energy to to an award show? Like my cousin saying, you guys, when y'all was on stage, it was just like nothing but energy. And you guys was just nailing everything. How do you... How, how, where, what was the inspiration to make sure you guys brought out that performance? Well, Janet was, you know, she skyrocketed and the control album was so good. And, you know, she had the mentality similar to her brother, Michael, and, and, and that mentality was in here. You could see the drive. You could see the determination. Not artists have this. Mm. They, they, aspire to like whatever I've done so far is great, but I need any, my next thing needs to be better than what, what I just did. And then my next one needs to be better. And then I need to have a remarkable video. I need to have an incredible performance on television. It was like, you're constantly, she was trying to out constantly outdo herself. And Michael does that. Like whatever I did in the past is awesome. And I love it, but it's like, now what do I do next? And whatever I do, it's got to be better than what was before. What I did before. Mm. So she had that um, 
that mentality and that um, game face, like she knew how important this performance was and, and even the record label. And, you know, like this is everything. Like she's got to go out there and, and kill it or, 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 you know, we failed. So the dancing was a big part of her and, you know, her and four guys, um, you know, we didn't have 14, 15, 20 dancers, just her and four guys. And it's like, go smash it. Like it was so tightly choreographed to a T every single accent, everything was choreographed from beginning to end. And, and, you know, it's just, it's just feel the music. I mean, that's what makes me choreograph any kind of stuff is like, what is the song telling me to do? What is the groove telling me to do? Did you hear that little cat, 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 you know, or a little accent or a little drum? Like we got to do something there, even if it's something simple. So it's just getting all those little innuendos and all those little accents and, and to embellish the music with movement and she could dance and she was killing it and she proved she could dance in her music videos. So it was her live. I don't know where show. It's like, let, we're, we're here to like, we were so focused. It felt like we we're going into like a playoff game or something, you know, like, <laughs> like I remember my stomach was twirling, but it was, it was anxiousness. It was, you know, excitement, um, anxiety, like that beat drop was like, okay, it's game time. Let's go. <laughs> and we were so happy, you know, because we were so focused. Each dancer was focused. And of course, Janet. And I remember it was so sweet of her. She did. She invited us four dancers. She's like, hey, you know, because, you know, on the West Coast, they film it at five, you know, five o'clock. It's eight o'clock on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So we filmed that, you know, earlier. And so after the show, we actually, she invited us over to the house and she was still living with her parents at the parents' house. And um, mm-hmm. just for pizza and, like, we're just going to order some pizza and just watch the show back. You know, watch it live on the West Coast time. So I remember being so excited. To, like, because you dance and perform on TV and you're like, God, that felt awesome. But it's like, I want to see what we just did. You have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you we had to wait for it to live to, you know, the delayed broadcast on the West Coast. But, like, I remember being at her house and having pizza and – it was like, okay, here it is. You know, it was like, quiet, 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 you know. And we just were glued to the television and watched the performance. And I remember just being so, like, joyful and laughing at every other step, just laughing out of joy. Like, oh, my God, we're just going <laughs> off. We're, like, killing it. So that, that feeling of, you know, pride and joyfulness and just feeling, you know, like, just being excited how, my, how everybody nailed it. Everybody did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine. And it's so awesome that you all had that experience that even though there was the delay, that gave you time to like have this communal experience of mm-hmm. watching it together. That's pretty fantastic. That was so cool. Yeah. I mean, she didn't have to do that or she could have went to after parties. She basically went back to her house and invited the four dancers over and like, let's watch it. And let's have pizza and just hang. It was like very cool, you know, because you rehearse four, five, six days for four minutes. And people don't realize that, you know, you could do a rehearsal six, six to, you know, six hour rehearsals, eight hour rehearsals for five, six days, you know, do the math, you know, it's like, it's just like all for four minutes Hmm. or, you know, and you're aiming for perfection. Listen, the way you all nailed that, I would have thought you all had rehearsed for like 92 days. So (laughs) it was was that fair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
you choreographed the Grammy Awards. Jen mm-hmm. performed What Have You Done For Me Lately in mm-hmm. A Nasty Melody. Still mm-hmm. one of the all-time favorite Janet performance. Uh, this was her first, and if I recall correctly, her only performance on the Grammys. She had a triage of uh, male dancers as long, well as Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, Jerome, and Jellybean at the time. Uh-huh. In 2014, the Boombox listed the 1987 performance as one of the Grammy's top 10 performances of all time. Wow. Some people would see dance as arbitrary movement, but it can deliver a message that words cannot. What were you trying to help Janet say through your work with her? Wow. Um, well, considering it was a month later, um, <laughs> you know, we couldn't do the same thing. So it had to be different. And, you know, I remember she, you know, collaborate with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. They were her producers and they came up with this medley. I didn't have anything to do with the music. It was just like, once the music's done, give it to me so I can choreograph to it, you know, because that's all I cared about back then was just thinking about choreography and making up the coolest steps possible. Um, But it was, there definitely was pressure. Like we have to top what we just did a month ago in American Music Awards. So the fact that Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were involved and, you know, and Jerome and, you know, we had a couple backup singers. It had a different feel. It had kind of a live music feel as far like band. Um, the other, you know, American Music was just her and four dancers. And this was her with the band and mm-hmm. dancers, you know, it did, and it had to be different, you know, and she dressed different. She looked cool. She had that black leather coat on. She had, um, you know, tight black jeans. Um, just had a little bit more of a, a rugged rock and roll look compared to the American Music Awards. But um, the bottom line is, like, we we have to do it again. Like, whatever we did last month, we got to do it again. It's got to be even better. So it's just being in the zone, working hard, being focused with her, and just nailing all of our steps and choreography. So when we get on stage, we're just, like, just perfect. You know, like, there's there's no room for – wow, we need to rehearse more, or I don't feel clean enough. This doesn't feel right. It's like, no, we were ready. And, and again, she had that work ethic in her, and she had a determination in her, and I respected that. Like, she knows how to work. She knows how to work hard and, like, go and go and go and do it over and do it over until you perfect it. And not everybody's that way, you know. Michael's that way. Jana's that way. There's a few other artists that way. Like, they work hard. Beyonce, I know, is that way. Mm-hmm. They work hard. It doesn't just come easy. They work at it and sweat and do it day after day after day. So then it's just like it's second nature to them. You're not thinking of the steps anymore. You perform. Mm-hmm. One thing I remember about that Grammy performance was the fact that she incorporated the background singers at one point mm-hmm. and had them just uh-huh. ad-libbing with her. And I just uh-huh. kind of, to me, that was kind of just like, I'm going to interact with everyone. I'm going to bring everybody on stage and let them play their part. So everybody kind of had their you know, time to shine. And it was just like, yeah. like they were just jamming out. Yep. It was fun. It did. And, and that's why I said it had that live band feel. Like it's Janet with her band, not just Dan- Janet with dancers. It was like mm-hmm. it had more musicianship. It had more musicianship. We had background singers. Jam and Lewis were going off. You know, and it, it, they had those moments and then the beat slowed down. Then it sped up again. It was just, you know, and it was building to the big ending. And um, I mean, I remember working and rehearsing, you know, Jim and Lewis were so fun and, and, and pleasant to work with. Um, very cool people. 
they even tease me a lot. You know, they're like, where'd you grow up at? You know, where are you from? <laughs> where'd you learn how to dance? Where'd you learn how to dance like that? You know, they were, they were, they were super cool, you know, and, and it just felt like, you know, we're working with Janet in her prime right now. Like she's just crushing it. I'll always point out that during the control era, Janet had this like face of determination. Mm-hmm. Now working with her back then, did you get a sense that she was on the verge of changing the music industry that she was going to definitely be a force you could tell like oh my god she's a superstar like it's 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 happening it is happening before our eyes you could just feel it but not knowing what's next you know which was you know rhythm nation was unbelievable Mm -hmm. not knowing that she can grow and evolve an artist like that you know and and have longevity but you knew like she's got the goods she mm-hmm. is still, I mean, she was 20 years old. I mean, that's young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, but she's got it. She's got that, you know, now it's just like, you know, management and the artists and her, like now how do we keep evolving and keep um, recreating? And, you know, cause she had definitely reached superstardom on that control album. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It actually, it seemed unsustainable. Like how, how quickly she became so big. You're like, wow, this is like a shooting star. Yes. Wow, it kept going up. (laughs) Yep. No doubt. I mean, Rhythm Nation was phenomenal and and more mature and more savvy. You know, it was was more sophisticated than um, the Control album and, you know, a lot more thought. And she, she, you know, they she did her homework and they, they create it, you know, and, and basically came up with another masterpiece and she evolved and you could see the growth in her. And that's, what's cool. You know, she didn't come out and repeat herself. No, she, she went to another level. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Um, you, you talked a little bit about your process, like when you're thinking about dancing, a dance routine and listening to the music and what does the, the music tell you to do? Can you, can you talk to us a little bit more like you get a song, you've been assigned to create a routine for this song. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do? I listen to it several times over and over and over again and just get a vibe on it. And then um, usually it's like, I need to, you know, I need to get into a, a studio, get in front of the mirror, get a loud sound system and just, just start vibing on the song, come up with steps, listen to the verse, listen to the chorus. If there's no concept, I just dance to the music. But I, with Janet, it's like, like for the Pleasure Principle video, it's like you dance to the music and create steps that you think would work for her. I don't just dance to the music and create steps that I want to do. It's like, no, I got to create for her what would look good for her. Like, you know, oh, this step is, no, this step's not right. Or this is too masculine. Or this is way too sexy. Or this is that. This is the, you know, there was, there was a vibe that she had and, 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 you know, street and jazz kind of mix. And that was Paula's style a little bit. When I went to Paula's audition for Nasty Boys, I absolutely loved that combination that she mm-hmm. taught. It was edgy. It had an edge to it, but it wasn't like fame dancing. It was tougher. And I'm like, I ate that combo up. I like Paula's combination <laughs> for Nasty. Um, so, and even for Janet, you know, she had that kind of tough girl attitude on that control album in that, you know, I don't know if you want to call it tomboy or whatever, but it was this attitude. It was this brash. It was edgy. It was, she's making a statement. She had a voice. 
and she was sassy, you know? So it's kind of like, I'd listen to the track over and over and over and just like, just try to feel the music and like feel it like how, what would she do? You know, what would feel right? Or like, oh, this stuff feels so good. I think she'd look great doing this. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. Um, or, but you never know, you know, cause you could show an artist steps and they're like, I like most of it, but that stuff there, I don't like it all. I feel weird and I feel awkward. And you're like, okay, cool. We'll get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Let's do something. And, and it's just like, I'm easy going. I'm super easy. It's like, okay, let's try something else then. What if we change it up? What if we do a different type of groove? Don't, don't sweat it. Don't worry about that move. We'll just get, you know, just get rid of it. And, and it, it's not good to fight for a step. Like, I don't care if I love a step. It's like, I'm not going to fight for it. If the artist doesn't like it, it's like, then change. Right. Be flexible. I have to be flexible because they have to feel their most comfortable and, and they have to own the step. They got to own it. They got to do it like they own it. Like it came out of their body. So in all that hard work and rehearsing, it, it, it does become like second nature to her. Like the pleasure principle was fun. And I don't know if you know that, but like I remember being in a meeting and the pleasure principle was going to have male, it was going to be nasty girls. I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> it was going to be, well, we had, nasty, we had nasty boys, and we did nasty boys, and we did what I think of you. And then when, by the time um, the Pleasure Principle came around, I remember they're saying something about, well, maybe there's nasty girls, like, you know, girls, Janet with girls only, like the dudes, like a nasty boy. But the, I remember the manager saying, you know, and, and a lot of, you know, it was like our fifth single, and it was like everybody's dancing in music videos. You know, there's dancers in everybody's music videos. And I remember him saying this. It was really cool. He goes, what I would like, this is what I would like. And we're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. He's like, I don't want to see Janet with dancers. We know she's had dancers. She's got guys. She's had girls. I want Janet to go dance by herself and prove to everybody she don't need dancers to back her up. She can do it herself. And he said... Like if she was like to go into a, like a, say she goes in a warehouse or she goes to like her, her dance studio or whatever. And like, that's where she goes and works and perfects her moves. And that's where she puts in the time and the sweat and the hard work and have nobody dancing around her. No distractions. It's just Janet putting in the hard work, putting in the sweat. She goes to this place, she dances, she works hard and then she leaves. She's done. And I'm like, that's it. That's the video. And we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember her, Janet, looking at me, you know, kind of like, you know, almost like, what do you think? You know, because she was so used to having dancers. I'm like, if it's, I just said, I remember saying, if it's planned out right and shot well, of course you could dance a whole music video by yourself. If it's, if it's done right, you know, and it's like, and I remember her, that was one of the, you know, big starting moments for me and a, a big, you know, music video for me. Because it's not an award show, it's a music video. And, and it's, you know, it's going to be seen over and over and over and over. And it's on film. And, it, you know, I just remember being, feeling so honored to be able to choreograph a music video for her after being in two of them. And then mm-hmm. doing our two award show performances, I'm like, but this is a music video. This is different. And I knew the filming process already. And I just remember feeling like 
this is special and like this has to be major and you know and we work with an incredible director Dominic Senna Mm -hmm. we had a great location that old warehouse downtown LA I mean it was just a big vacant empty building and we Dominic looked at all the choreography that we had planned and it was me and Janet rehearsed together for something like six days straight every day me and her side by side learning all the choreography and rehearsing it. And then he, Dominic placed certain choreography in certain places. You know, like there was the big hardwood floors with the mirrors. Then there was Janet in between the old, you know, cool, old school looking cars. Then there was Janet in front of those broken up mirrors. Then there was Janet in another little, so we broke it up into sections and there was different sections, you know, that each, each choreography was featured in, like say a little setting, a little vignette. Mm-hmm. But that was Dominic's vision. You know, he's the director, but it's like he, we stuck the choreography in special little areas. And I remember Janet working hard on the little mic stand move, running up the, running up the, uh, up onto the chair and then it tips over and she steps off of it. Like that's kind of like a trick move, a stunt move. Mm-hmm. Like she, she had to rehearse that and you know, her doing the backflip off the speaker. Um, I remember she had a gymnast coach come in and work with her just for that backflip, just for her to flip off the speaker and land. And I just thought that was cool. Like, wow, she is like, <laughs> she's calling the right people and getting everybody to, to help this music video look, be awesome. Wow. Yeah. I was wondering about that backflip because I feel like there was, was a backflip real- in the, in the, um, was it the Grammy performance? There was a mm-hmm. backflip. Yeah. yeah. Somebody grabbed her and fl- like we flipped, we it was a little her. bit of an illusion, but it was a backflip. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite moves. I like that, like where you grab and then you kind of flip and place her back down. Yeah, but, that was really and, cool. And the, yeah, in the music video, she flipped on her own. Yeah. And, you know, she actually had a crash mat, you know, like a gymnastic little mat, because, you know, when you're on a tall speaker and you flip like that, it's, it hurts to land on hard, you know, concrete floor. But um, she did that flip and worked hard at it. and. I remember her being sore from because <laughs> just just like you know because you yank your stomach muscles to do a backflip like that and uh, I just remember being a little sore and her talking about it but she worked really hard on that music video it was supposed to be only two nights of shooting we shot from like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. and we just couldn't get everything done by the end of the second night and I remember she was getting pretty tired and everybody was tired you know it was like four or five a.m. and it's like we still got quite a bit to do. So I remember them saying, Hey, is everybody available to come back tomorrow night? So they added a day, a night. Mm -hmm. So it it ended up being a three night shoot for that, you know, five minute video. And she, yeah. And, and, um, turned out great. You know, I poured my heart and soul into it and again, felt honored to work with her and just help her have a great video. And, and it felt special filming it. And, um, you know, a half a year later to be nominated for best choreography at the MTV awards was the last thing in my mind, you know, it's just like, you just, I got this opportunity to do a great video with Janet Jackson right now. That's all you care about. So, um, like I said, a half a year later to, I, I think I had two nominations out of the five for best choreography of the year. And I mean, that was crazy. I mean, I, That's I just, crazy. Like, I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm That's like, amazing. I can't. I can't believe this is happening and ended up winning for Janet. I had, I had a, um, 
a nomination for a Sting video that had a lot of dancing in it. I worked with Sting. He was on A&M Records, too. And I worked with Janet on A&M. But um, the Pleasure Principal won that year, and it was pretty – one of my uh, most special memories that I have in, in the business and a very proud moment. And my mom and dad were there that night, which oh, I remember. Cool. Yeah. I bought their uh, – I couldn't get free tickets. I mean, I had a t- me and a, a guest, but mm-hmm. um, I tried to get more tickets and I couldn't. So I just, I bought tickets and they set up high, but I didn't care. They were there that they night. Were in and, the building. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the, uh, I was the youngest of five children and we all danced growing up. So I know my, my, my parents were beside themselves and very thrilled and excited that night. It was pretty special. Yeah. Well, that was an award well won. Um, yeah. You won for best female video um, at, at at that um, MTV Music Awards, and mm-hmm. um, "Pleasure Principle" is in my top five Janet Jackson songs. And I don't know any of the words to this song. I just know how I felt when I saw that video, and I get that video that feeling every time I hear that song uh, because mm-hmm. the two are so intertwined for me. Like it, it I can't separate them. Like yeah. That video it's, is the song, and that song is the video. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it. And a lot of people, I didn't realize it at the time. I knew we were doing something pretty special. And, you know, it was her fifth single off the album. And she was dancing by herself and working her butt off. Um, but I just remember, like, seeing the final edit. And it was just like, I remember thinking, wow, the director, like, he shot the choreography so well. And there's a lot of head to toe. He, you know, because sometimes people go into close-ups a lot, and then you miss the choreography, you right. miss the steps. He really shot a lot of her, you know, waist up and head to toe. And when you shoot head to toe, you're going to see everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and he the follow. Did, there were so many great shots of following the choreography across. Yes. House. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Dominic was in a great, sweet gentleman to work with. Really nice guy. Very collaborative. Yeah, he called, she called on him several times, and it's always a phenomenal video. Yes. And I just want to point out, too, that in 2008, um, The Guardian published an article by uh, Lanny Cooper declaring Janet Jackson's Pleasure Principle the most influential music video of all time. Wow. That's your work. You, you choreographed an amazing <laughs> I didn't know that. piece <laughs> for Janet Jackson. Yes, in 2008. So people are still talking about this video. Wow, that's very cool. Well, you know, I felt a little bit of the impact of that. I think the first time I really felt it years later, but I remember working with Sierra on her first album and she did a Soul Train Award performance. And I think it was My Goodies. It was her first hit. And, but I, I remember her talking about the Pleasure Principle and just how that inspired her, you know, and Sierra as a young, you know, artist. I, she probably was 19 or 18, 19 when I worked with her. But, you know, this was in the early 2000s, and mm-hmm. the Janet video was from 87. You know, it was just kind of like, that's cool that that video and Janet's work had such an impact on Sierra. And you could see it. You know, you could see um, that, that uh, influence in her. But I thought it was just cool that she yeah. mentioned the pleasure principle. And I'm like, that's really cool. I was like, I, I, I did that. You no. did that. Yes, I did that video. <laughs> yes. yes. In fact, we were watching, was it Jimmy Fallon? I think it was Jimmy Fallon. Jennifer Lopez was on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy asked her, when did she know she wanted to like be a star? What was the turning point? And she said, seeing Janet Jackson in The Pleasure Principles. She said that was wow. her favorite video. And just when she saw that, I wanted to do that. Wow, that's very cool. <laughs> that video is, 
it inspired a lot of dancers. Very cool. <laughs> Before we go, we want to talk a little bit more about some of the work you did with Michael. Mm-hmm. You work with Michael on Ghost, but not in the most traditional sense. If what I read is true, you weren't actually with Michael for that project. Talk to us about your contribution to Ghost. That is true. Um, I could be there in person to work on that project. Um, to backtrack a little bit, that was in 96, the spring of 96. And mm-hmm. in late November of 95, Michael was getting ready to do this major HBO special. Mm-hmm. It was called, I think it was called like One Night Only. And, and all the performances were divided up amongst different choreographers. Uh, Lavelle and Travis, Debbie Allen was on board. Kenny Ortega was on board. I was on board. Jamie King, who's done a lot of Madonna stuff and whatnot. So there was like, you know, a whole group of choreographers and everybody had like two or three songs to do. So it was all divided up. But the goal was to have this phenomenal HBO special that for Michael, with Michael, and and that it just blows people away and kind of like not reestablishes Michael, but just like, that was the goal though. You know, it was like, this was in 90, mm-hmm. 96. So make a long story short. Um, I did, um, a new thriller for him that he was willing to learn all this new choreography and, 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 um, which was really cool, you know, and not do the court, the, the choreography that everybody knew for so many years. And it was not that nothing was wrong. That choreography, that choreography stands the test of time, mm-hmm. but I, I came in with this kind of industrial, apocalyptic kind of punk rock vibe. It was very kind of like futuristic punk rock and it was edgy and raw. It was kind of industrial. I should say not punk rock. It was more industrially. And Mm -hmm. so the movement kind of was that we had like long trench coats and we had flashlights and bottom line is he learned all this choreography for thriller, loved it. We spent 14 days on it and that whole TV show never happened. Wow. It got canceled. He got sick and, and he had to go to the hospital. The whole TV show got canceled. We worked in New York for almost a month, three weeks. So the thing is, though, he learned a lot of my choreography. And, and bottom line is when Ghost came up in the next spring, him and Travis called me on the phone, Travis uh, Payne, his choreographer. And it was him and Michael. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, it's like because Michael doesn't normally call. You know, it's Travis and Michael together. But they – they said, we have this project coming up we'd like for you to be involved with. I'm like, when is it? It's like, it was the whole month of March. I'm like, oh my God. I'm doing a, a theme park show and I'm actually directing and choreographing. So it was like, it was my starting of, of creative directing. Like, so I was conceiving the show, writing the show and choreographing it. And I'm like, mm. I just signed this contract. It was a 30 day contract. And I'm like, I can I can't bail out on that. Like it would make me look bad and unprofessional, mm-hmm. but I'm like, but I want to be involved. I'll do anything I can. I'm like, I, you know, I'd love to be involved. And he said, I loved what you did on the HBO special, even though it didn't happen. So he knew that choreo- some of that choreography already. That was the plus. And he liked it, obviously. So some of that choreography was from the HBO special. And then some of it was new. And it was kind of like a hybrid. So the thing was, is that I couldn't be there to actually choreograph with Travis and Lavelle and myself and input, do my input of choreography. But what I said I would do, and he, they agreed to it, and Michael agreed to it, I said, I want to be involved, and I'm so disappointed I can't be because I'm not in L.A. Here's what I'll do. I will film. 
I will make up choreography. You give me the music, I'll make up choreography and I'll film myself and I'll send it to you and you could take whatever you want. I don't care. I just want to be involved. And so mm. they agreed to that. So that's what I did. I made up stuff in Cincinnati, Ohio at a theme park <laughs> in the rehearsal room. I would go in a rehearsal room around noon and make up stuff for this Michael project. And I would film myself, run a FedEx, send a tape to Travis to California. I did that for six days in a row for a week. Wow. But not knowing what they liked, what Michael liked, what they liked, not knowing what they're using until I got home like two to three weeks later. And by then they had already been rehearsed. They were already on the set and they're getting ready to film in front of cameras. Like the rehearsal period was done. Wow. And I, but I was invited to be at the, you know, the shoot, like, Hey, you're back in town. You got to come by. So I remember coming by and watching ghosts being filmed. And I remember asking Travis, I'm like, did you end up using anything? Like, did you use anything I sent? And he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, the whole chorus is yours. Wow. wow. So what was that like though when you're on set and you're looking and you're like, hey, that's me. <laughs> I th it was kind of cool to see the dancers do my choreography, but I never taught it to them. <laughs> <laughs> and then to see Michael do it, of course. I was like, he's doing my steps. That's so cool. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> it was cool. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that was a really cool project, obviously. And it felt like Thriller. I mean, it was special. And they spent a lot of money. And uh, the guy who did Jurassic Park was the director, Stan Winston. That was a really cool, busy time for me because I was doing theme park show. Um, I was doing the Academy Awards at that time, and my wife was expecting our first child when I was shooting with Michael. Wow. So that time period when wow. you had those 13 <laughs> jobs. You <laughs> I remember him saying to me, though, and I'll never forget it, and he's like, You're gonna, you guys are having a baby? I'm like, yeah, my wife's pregnant, and she's due like any day now. And he goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, that's special. And he goes, that's a dream of wow. mine. I can just imagine. I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure it was like the oh, most yeah. earnest and endearing thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, he was very genuine. <laughs> Having worked with both Janet and Michael, I want to give you a second to compare their dance styles. Like, in what ways are they similar? And in what ways are they different? They're definitely different. Um, I mean, Michael's such a movie connoisseur. You know, he studies. He was a very smart and so is Janet, very keen and smart. I feel like both of them, they knew what worked for them. Mm -hmm. Some artists will do steps and they're like, they look awful. Somebody mm -hmm. needs to tell them those steps are terrible. But they were like on an extreme level. They both were, they're athletes. You know, a dancer's an athlete. And especially how intense dancing that both Janet and Michael would do. I mean, Michael was explosive and powerful. And so was Janet, passionate, hitting the lines, sticking the choreography, doing it like you mean it, you know? And it's like that intensity that they both have is, is similar. I mean, it's hard to compare them, but without a doubt, the intensity and the work ethic is there with both of them. You don't just suddenly become great. Like you work at it, do it like you mean it, own it. I love that. I love that too. Another question about Janet as a dancer, like what would you say, what should people understand about Janet as a dancer? What is her strongest asset? I mean, it's been years since I worked with her, so I'm going on memory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, her greatest asset, um, 
just her ability to hit the lines because some people can try to do choreography, but it does it might not look good on their body. Um, sometimes if you're working with somebody who's kind of like not as strong of a dancer, you usually got to simplify it for them to make them look good. But Janet, both of them and Michael are able to do intricate choreography and remember it. Have they have Janet had good, good memory and remember the choreography and it's intricate and, you know, song after, you know, if you're doing a world tour, and you got 15 songs with choreography in it. I don't know if people realize that's a ton of choreography to remember. You know, mm-hmm. when you're just doing a award show, you're worried about four minutes or a music video. You're worried about four or five minutes of choreography. And you've been focused just on that one song for a week. Mm-hmm. When you do a mm-hmm. tour, you rehearse for three months. And the choreography, you know, there might be 10 to 12 to 15 songs that have choreography. And that artist got to remember it all and be at the right place at the right time because with choreography, with the intricate steps, is staging, mm. being at the right place at the right time, stepping onto the conveyor belt at the right time, being on the lift where it lifts you up in the air at the right time. You, you got to know your counts. You got to know the music. And both Janet and Michael had incredible musicality. They know music. They know drama. They know when it's time to be dynamic, dramatic when to stick that pose and feel iconic. That's that superstar thing in them. And not everybody has it. Hmm. You can't teach people how to be a superstar. They either got the talent and the skills and all they're doing is nurturing it. You could help them nurture, but it's like they got to want it themselves and they got to want it and have a burning desire to be that great. And they had that work ethic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It I, call, I compare it to athletes. I'm telling you, when you go on tour, when you go on a show, like your shows, like every night's like, a, like this is a playoff game. This is Super Bowl. You're going to go out there and crush it for an hour and a half to two hours and be the absolute best you can be. Michael absolutely loved being on stage entertaining people. Same with Janet. Same with Janet. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we, it's, we it's play- a high. It is like a high. It is an adrenaline rush. It's like they paid to come there to see you tonight. How cool is that? To go on stage and just go back and give it back to them. Give them your love. Give them your heart. Give them your soul. That's why people come off stage and they're exhausted. I, <laughs> Usher, I mean, I work with Usher. Usher, come, he sweats like crazy. Usher, come off stage. Like, he gave it his all, man. He's like just pouring sweat. It's like because he left, leave it all out on the stage. Wow. And that's what's cool. Um, one last question. Sure. When we started our chat, you said you had great memories of your time with Janet. What do you mm-hmm. want people to know about Janet as a person? Um, I mean, without a doubt, she is a very, very sweet and kind person. I mean, I was 20, 19 and 20 when I was working with her, and she really got me started in the business as a choreographer. She gave me my choreography break because I started choreographing then, and I never looked back. So I actually had a very short dance career because I started choreographing so soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But Janet was just so kind. Um, She worked hard. She was considerate. Um, She had a great work ethic. You could tell her parents brought her up well. Um, I had really good parents too. I feel like I connected with her well because I just was trying to be my absolute best and give my absolute everything I can to her project. You know, no attitude, no diva. None of this Hollywood, you know, pretentious attitude. It was just like, 
we got work to do. We're working on something special and let's make it the absolute best we can. And you could just feel that, you know, um, she's a hard worker and, and, but be, be behind the hard work and the passion and the attitude that she can give. She's a really kind, sweet individual. And not everybody is, I've worked with a lot of different people and not everybody is subtle in, in, in kind. Mm. Um, she's not all big and brash and loud and Hey, I'm in the room, everybody, I'm here at rehearsal. Look at me. You know, they're, um, Michael's same way. They just come in very, very calm, very, you know, kind of shy and, mm -hmm. but they come in there and do their work. You know, it's pretty cool because they have that, um, there's a human side, you know, everybody looks at stars and they feel like they're on this other level. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're just human beings are, we're all similar. We're all same. These happen to be a superstar, but like some stars don't want to be treated different. They just want to be treated like a regular old person. You know, I'm just coming in here and mm -hmm. come in here and do my job and do the best I can and, you know, build on my legacy. That's the main thing I remember just how sweet she was and, and how nice. And, um, and, you know, fun little giggles and happy little moments or laughs or joking a little bit, you know, it's like, you realize, Oh, she's like, she's the real down to earth. That's like the real deal. That's cool. You know, not like, Oh, you got to treat them different. Cause you know, they're a star. It wasn't like that. And that's what I liked about it. She seemed very accessible and down to earth. That's Aww. really cool. So sweet. Well, listen, so sweet. Barry, we have kept you for so long, but I just want you to know <laughs> you have made a dream come true. Like, cool. This conversation has been incredible and I owe you an apology. So there is no reason for you to ever listen to the Pleasure Principle episode of the podcast. But I had apologized to you in that episode because for the longest, I thought Paulo Abdul had choreographed <laughs> that particular piece. And so now I want to apologize to you during this conversation. Literally, you have created some of my most favorite Janet Jackson memories. And I became a fan as a little girl. And those memories have sustained me and kept me as the fan that I am today. So just really thank you for that and uh, for agreeing to chat with us. Absolutely. <laughs> that is it for us for now. If you need more Janet Jackson, which we know you need more Janet Jackson, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, please tell a Janet Jackson fan about us and leave us a rating or review whenever you're listening. Your comments and ratings help other people find us, especially on iTunes. If you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Janet Jackson Pod. If you are following, thank you for every like and every single retweet, especially on episode releases. Those are simple things you can do and they go a long way to help us reach new Janet Jackson fans. Our intro and outro music, Good For You, is provided by THBD and is licensed under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks for listening to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever. 